What would your life look like if you felt confident in your body and in your health habits? We believe that confidence is possible for all people. This is the Free Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Murphy, registered dietitian and owner of Free Method Nutrition. We are dedicated to empowering women to make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. Come hang with us each week as we have conversations that will inspire you to live a life of freedom. Let's dive into today's show. As some of y'all may know, I have been supplementing some of Calder's feedings with Bobby over the past four months, and we have been loving it. One of the main reasons why we chose Bobby when we knew we were going to add formula to Calder's feeding is because of their high quality ingredients and simple recipe. As the only mom-led and founded infant formula company in the U.S. with an organic European-style recipe that meets all FDA standards, they continue to set the bar as the leading clean infant formula. And they recently have received the Clean Label Project Purity Award and pesticide-free certification. This is huge. And really what this means, the Clean Label Project, it evaluates products for substances that would never be found on the product label. So things like heavy metals, pesticide residues, and plasticizers. And the fact that Bobby received this award gives me the confidence as a parent and the peace of mind knowing that what Calder is getting and ultimately what's going into his body contains all the ingredients that his body needs and nothing that it doesn't. So if you're in need of a high quality formula to feed your baby, Bobby definitely has my stamp of approval. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash Bobby, B-O-B-B-I-E to order yours today and use promo code DylanMurphy10 so you can get 10% off. Welcome back to another episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Today, I have Stephanie Lopez, and Stephanie is actually a former NASA psychologist turned mom coach, and she's super passionate about helping mamas learn to be their best self by using mindset and self-discovery tools. So Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dylan. Yes, I am very excited for this conversation. Like I told you before we hit record, and I know most of our listeners know that I'm a new mom over here. So trying to soak up all the knowledge myself as well. So I'm like, I'll be taking lots of mental notes during this conversation. I love it. I'm so happy to be here. Good. Um, Well, yeah, tell us a little bit more just about yourself, about your family, um, anything that you'd like to share. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a mindset and emotion coach, and I really focus on helping moms decrease their anxiety so that they can really find more peace and just feel more at ease and happier in in those early years and beyond. Mm -hmm. And um, I find a lot of my clients also struggle with people pleasing and perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So I focus a lot on that as well. And this desire, you know, came out of some of my own struggles. I have two little girls that are almost two and four at this point. Mm -hmm. And I just left NASA because I was like, I want to focus on helping as many moms as possible, um, overcome these things that are so common when we have kids, you know, it just brings Mm -hmm. up, I found insecurities that you didn't even know you had. Um, Oh yeah. I'm like four months in and I already 
definitely feel that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so I can't have like in reading your bio that you sent over, I like immediately was drawn to NASA psychologist and I was yeah. like, what in the world? That sounds very cool. And I know that this is not at all what the conversation is about, but I'm just so curious. Could you tell me like what, what you did there? At NASA? Yeah, absolutely. So on paper, it sounds like a huge jump and it actually <laughs> wasn't a huge jump because what I did at NASA was I worked mm-hmm. with leadership teams yeah, our le- uh, leadership and team, sorry, two, mm-hmm. two separate words and helped them get past the things that they were, that were holding them back. So really, mm-hmm. if you think about an organization, 80% of the problems are people issues mm-hmm. and yeah. people issues come down to individual issues. So mm-hmm. when I can help them increase their self-awareness through self-discovery, lots of things improve. Mm-hmm. And so all of those skills I was, you know, coaching, I just brought yeah. into motherhood. And mm. the crazy thing, people are always like, huh? And it's like, it doesn't matter if you're a mom, if you're an executive, yeah. if you're like, it's the same things, the same mm. type of struggles. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I was even wondering that like, wow, what a shift, but hearing yeah. you describe it, it's like that makes so much sense. And I mean, even one thing I've learned, like this is my first week back from maternity leave and realizing like, moms obviously wear more hats than just being a mom. So even though now you're a mom coach, you still probably are working with executives and teachers and, you know, at any other career path. Yes, I am. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, med- Even medical doctors, one of my, yeah. my coaches is a medical doctor and yeah, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. everybody. Yep. Yeah. So you touched on this briefly, but I would love to hear a little more what led to your shift to really going into this, like coaching moms, helping them with the self-discovery mindset shifts, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I had this one moment back in 2013. So this is before I had kids. I Mm -hmm. took this training that completely changed my life. Mm. Before that training, I identified as a perfectionist type A type of person. And I struggled with dealing with uh, my emotions and with like coping with a lot of stress. I would just feel overwhelmed. In fact, one time my boss literally said to my face, like, you are not resilient. And little did he know, Mm -hmm. but I had two people in my family attempt suicide shortly before Mm. that. So it was like, you know, anyways, but on the surface, I wasn't dealing, I wasn't dealing with it. And when, then when people said things like that, I felt broken Mm. and you know, I'm not sure how many people that's going to resonate with, but I was like, I feel like something's wrong with me. Like, I don't Mm. know. I don't know how to do this. And at that point I already I was almost done with my doctorate in in organizational psychology. So like on paper, I should know what I'm talking about. I should know how to do this. Like all should be good. (laughs) And, and I just, I wasn't confident. And then I had Mm. this, I went to this training and my eyes were completely opened. It Mm. it was like the most enlightening experience I've had of my life. And basically it really came down to building my self-awareness And so I use all those tools now. I got um, licensed as a human element practitioner, which is um, the workshop I'm referring to. And I use all those tools now to help moms. And I think, okay, so part of the story that I skipped was 
in that workshop, one of the facilitators was a mom and she talked about how these things influence and negatively impact our kids and create trauma because Mm -hmm. we don't learn these skills. Yeah. Like we don't learn them ever. And in that moment, I was like, I think that's what I want to do with my life. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. a mom yet, but I like, yeah, I want to impact I, I want children to have a, a better childhood than I did mm-hmm. and to not have the same struggles. Yeah, that's that's cool to even realize that before you are a mom yourself. And I yeah. know, like, I'm sure now, and I know I've realized this the past few months, like once you are a mom, it's like, oh, okay, now this gives me a huge perspective shift because I'm actually yes. experiencing it myself. But yeah. it's cool that that passion was birthed, no pun intended, before you became a mom. Yeah. And, but I didn't take action. I stayed at NASA. So I ended up working there eight years. And then it Uh wasn't till I had my second baby Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, May, Mm -hmm. I'm not May, March, 2020. And I hit rock bottom. And then I was like, wait a second, like two months in, I'm like, wait, Mm -hmm. wait, wait, wait. Like I have the tools to get myself out of this because I was just spinning. And Mm -hmm. then I opened this business because I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's time. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. So what, even just since you've opened this business, since you've become a mom, since you've been working with moms, what do you feel like is the big thing, or maybe one of the many things that you wish moms knew before, I guess, soon to be moms knew before they yeah. actually became a mom before their child was born? Okay. That is a hard question because I feel like I have a very long list, yes. but the very first thing that popped into my head, so I'm just going to go with it is yeah. I see a lot of people in my community struggle with comparison mm. and I want everyone in the world to know that our brains have five primary functions. And one of them is to compare. And so oh, interesting. I have all these clients that they're like, beating themselves up because they're comparing, um, Mm. and be, you know, just the fact that they're comparing and then what they're comparing themselves to. And then Mm. knowing that like this, your brain's literally designed to compare. The goal is Mm. not to stop comparing. That's what everybody tells you like, Oh, don't Mm. compare. It's not good for you. Uh, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like how we're wired. (laughs) Yeah. That's you're literally wired to do that. So the goal Mm -hmm. is to let go of thinking that whatever pops in your brain is true. Mm. So it, so when you, so I'll give an example. Um, one of my clients came to me and her daughter for a year and a half was low birth weight and Mm. she would receive comments from people in her family and she felt inadequate Mm. and she was doing everything she could possibly do to get this baby to, to gain weight. But she was just like, I can't maybe like one first percentile, something like very, very low. And she was, she took herself off social media because she was comparing to all these other moms who of course look like they have it all together. Mm. And, you know, we worked on a lot of things, but one big shift for her was like realizing like, Oh, just because I think that they're, you know, better than me and I'm comparing, like, I don't have to try to stop that. And I don't have to say, think that it's true. Like it just is a thought. Mm. That's so good. And that's really, I mean, that's a lot of the work 
that we do at my practice with our clients, even, you know, around non-mom related things, but working to challenge our thoughts. I think it's easy to think like, okay, I'm having this thought. So this thought is true instead Mm -hmm. of pushing into like, what if it's not true? Like, what if it's Mm -hmm. just this thought? And what if I don't let that, like, what if I don't believe that it's true and move on from that? Yes. There's a metaphor along with this that I love to share with my clients. Like your thought is no more powerful than a tea bag without water. Mm. So the goal is to stop dunking it in water. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Just let it sit there. Just like a tea bag. It's not going to do any harm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it it can't serve its purpose. It can't do anything if you're not dunking in water. That's good. I like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, even on the topic of comparison and I love, cause I was going to ask you and you basically answered the question of like, what do you think causes so many moms to compare? And you mentioned social media. And I feel like that was something I learned probably in those first like two weeks where you're just like, if I can just keep this human alive, I think I'm doing good. <laughs> but yes. I remember thinking like, I've been following all these like mommy bloggers and like, I thought it was gonna be easier. And like, what is, what's happening? This is so hard. And you start to struggle in all these like comparison traps and you go down these rabbit holes. And at least in my experience, I realized like, okay, well, I'm absorbing all this information from social media and thinking that like they're one that they're posting, you know, their quote unquote real life. Who knows? I don't know these people. And then I'm also comparing what I'm doing, like using what they're doing as like, this is the gold standard and something's wrong with me if I'm not meeting up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so yeah, I think social media definitely plays a big role. In that. It really does. It, yeah. And just, if we just think about vulnerability for a second, I mean, we are most people, not everybody, but, but raise like, don't be, don't, be vulnerable. Don't make mistakes. Don't like, and especially if you have a lot of high achievers listening, that's Mm -hmm. what I have a lot of high achievers in my community. Don't ask for help. And it's like Mm -hmm. the very thing that you need to do, especially in in early postpartum and beyond, I mean, Mm -hmm. as your kids get older is ask for help. And that, that a lot of like the mindset shift there is like, it does not mean that you're failing if you ask for help. Mm. And it's like, it's, and maybe you can hear that and be like, well, duh, but, but really like think about how often could I ask for help, but I choose not to because yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. I can. It's funny. A very vivid picture comes to mind for me of like (laughs) the first probably week and I was pumping in my room and my baby's laying, Calder's laying right beside me. My husband had gone and returned neighbors and Calder's just losing it, crying, crying. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm strapped to this pump. I can't do anything. And finally I like unplug the pump, just take off the pump pieces and milk spills everywhere. And I was like, if I would have just asked for help, I could have called my husband and been like, can you come back home? And he comes home and I'm like having a panic attack basically. And he's like, just call me. Like, I don't know you need help unless you ask for it. But I think it's very easy especially I feel like, like you said, with for high achievers to think like, well, I can do this all on my own. I don't need anyone else's help. Like I've got this, I've got to figure this out, but really there's so much freedom and power in asking for help. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And people mm-hmm. usually want to help too. Yeah. You know, like just like oh, your yeah. husband, when I had my first baby, this is some, this was a struggle for me was like really breaking out of not asking for help. And mm-hmm. like, he's like, I don't know what to do, but if you yeah. tell me I will do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, just to add on that a little bit, because I think that this will resonate, but then the thought that typically comes to mind, which came to mind for me and for some of my clients have mentioned this too, but like, shouldn't you know what to do? Like I'm a brand new mom and you're a brand new dad. Mm. Yes. You can, you can think that, or you can shift out of that thought because Mm. that's not going to do you any favors. You know, that's just a defensive reaction. Mm. Yes. I I love that you said that because I, I've also found myself having that thought, like, shouldn't you know what to do? Why do I have to tell you? (laughs) But it's like, okay, that's just going to make things worse, probably. So let's just put that tea bag to the side. We don't need it. (laughs) We don't need it. And we can literally set it to the side. Yes. Um, Okay. So another thing that comes to mind that I wanted to share is this, like a lot of these struggles come down to acceptance and Mm. learning how to to build your capacity to accept life as what is. So usually when I say acceptance, people are like, yeah, but I want things to get better. I want them to improve. I don't want to just like, I don't, I don't want it to turn into resignation or something like that. And I'm like, you're just, if you accept the moment as it is right now, you can still improve upon things. What, so how this relates to motherhood, I find so often is there's an underlying belief that makes that decreases our happiness and it's this should not be happening so Mm. what's happening in that moment whether it is the baby crying the husband not doing what he should know to do because how do you know any better than he does or whatever Mm -hmm. if you really go down to it it's this should not be happening yeah which is fighting reality because like this is Mm. this exact moment is reality yeah uh That's so good. So kind of on that topic or on even all these tips you've been giving, what would be then some like mindset shifts that moms can use in those situations? Like when you find yourself, like even going off that example that you just said of like, if you're caught in this moment and you have this thought of like, this should not be happening. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? What can be some like practical things that moms can do in those situations to kind of like reframe that thought, move away from that thought, um, do something that is more productive for them. Yeah. So this is going to be a simple statement. And it's like, literally, when you have that thought, rather than fighting against it, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Next. Mm -hmm. You know, because when we don't fight the thoughts, we don't Mm -hmm. give them any power. When we fight it, then we give, then it's like, you know, dunking it in the, in the water, that tea bag in the water. And so simply allowing it, it will usually move on. So in the, you a metaphor for this is like, if somebody makes a snide comment to you and you don't have a reaction, are they going to keep on going? Not most of the time, they're mm-hmm. just going to move on. Right. But if yeah. you fight them, it gets worse. Same mm-hmm. thing with your, with your thoughts. Another tool is like, and sometimes people use this flippantly, but like, it is what it is. Like in this moment, it, that it literally is what it is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I use, I use those two. Um, I have a few other ones that I elaborate on and, yeah. you know, in my program, but those are, I think those are some good ones to start with. Yeah. I like that. Cause it, like you said, it's not giving power 
to the thought. And it's something that, you know, you're, you're just hearing the thought. It is what it is. Let's move on to the next thing. Like, cause it's very easy. I feel like with our thoughts to just spiral into this deep, dark rabbit hole where then, you know, suddenly you feel like you're the worst mom in the world. Your kid's going to end up, you know, on the streets. Like you kind of start painting the story, but then if you rewind it back, it's like, no, let me just move this thought on. It is what it is. And now we're, we're moving on with the day. I love that you use the word story because another primary function of our brain is to create stories. Mm, So we have five, five primary, one of them is to create stories. So in any given moment throughout the day, we are making up stories. So we hear Mm. or see something or think something, we make up a story Mm. and the emotional reaction comes from what we made up, not Mm. reality. So like, for instance, if my toddler is losing her mind, screaming, tantruming, it's not her tantruming that is causing me to feel overwhelmed and anxious. Mm -hmm. It's the story that I make up. And so when you can tune into the story, you unlock, you can unlock things for yourself. So for Mm. instance, I had, you know, many tantrum moments and what it came down to is like, I feel like I should be able to get her out of this. Like, I Mm. feel like I'm not a good mom if I can't like help her calm down or whatever. I had these moments and then I realized like, I'm still a good mom just because she's having a tantrum. She's two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Mm. what I hear there too, is like just bringing yourself back to like reality. Like, I love how you said, like, she's having a tantrum. She's two years old. That's what two-year-olds do. Like my newborn's crying. He's a baby. Babies cry. Like, Instead of trying to overcomplicate things or attach the story of like, oh, well, he's crying because I'm a bad mom. Maybe I didn't feed him enough. Maybe I didn't like kind of going down that, that whole story where you're, you know, painting this false picture. Yes. You choose, I choose, everyone chooses the meaning that we put on any given situation. Mm. And so it's really getting into slowing down enough to notice what meaning am I putting on the situation? Hmm. Gosh, that is very powerful. <laughs> um, what, so what are, what would be some other, even just not related to story examples or stories that we've already talked about, but what would be some other tools that you see help the moms that you work with, whether it's mindset shifts, um, reframing stories, anything like that? Yeah. So let's talk about emotions for a second. Yeah. Um, a lot of people I, I've found that they view emotions kind of as a nuisance. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. that's the best word, but like, <laughs> gosh, darn it. It's so annoying. Like all of these emotions, let's yeah. just not feel. Mm-hmm. And so this is very simple. And I think it can be very empowering. Your every single emotion that you have is data. That's all that mm. it is. It is the purpose of an emotion is to be a neutral messenger to inform you what desire or need is not being met. Mm. So if I feel overwhelmed, the purpose of me feeling overwhelmed is to say, brain, ask for help. Mm. And so it's the resistance of listening to our emotions that creates struggle in our lives. Mm. Gosh, instead of just recognizing like, I feel overwhelmed. Let me ask for help. Ask for help. Problem solved. Like, yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Which is, it's wild that it's, 
like when I say it like that, it makes it sound like, oh, well, that should be easy. Just do step one, two, three, four and complete. But it's like, that's <laughs> not how that's not how it works. No. We're no. like, we'll go around the circle, do this, do this, and then realize, oh, this was mm-hmm. not how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So these like two things that I talked about go together to make it easier is acceptance of the moment mm-hmm. makes it easier to listen to the data. But mm. when we're fighting the moment, like our brain is so focused on fighting that we just are like not paying attention well enough to, to yeah. be able to listen. Mm. Like, and our mind, yeah, is like so blurred, which then this kind of is like bouncing to kind of a different topic, but kind of on the same topic. Like if our mind is so blurred and we're, you know, not really in the present moment, what are some of those things that can like cause us to be so blurred or not be present in the moment? Okay. So literally the third out of five primary function of our brain is to reflect. Mm. So moms get down on themselves, for instance, because I'm not present and I can't, you know, I I can't figure this out. And I'm like thinking about my to-do list and all the things that I need to get done or reflecting on like, oh, did I mess up in that conversation? Should I have said that? Should I have not said that? Did I, you know, feed the baby enough? Did I, you know, like all these things, your Mm. brain if left to its own devices, 80% of the time, 80% of the time will be reflecting on the mm. past or the present. Interesting. So this is where like, it's very unfortunate that we never learn these things because mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, let me just like a flip of a switch. And then now I'm going to be present in the moment. It's practice. And so what, mm. what can you do to get more present in the moment? The minute that you notice you're not mm-hmm. bring your attention back. Mm. bring your attention back and so it's just like really retraining your brain because you Mm. can shift it and help Mm. yourself be more present more often yeah it's almost like creating a habit like you're gonna have to do it multiple times and then it'll be easier to be present in the moment yes so much of this is really creating new habits Mm. Mm -hmm. deepening your awareness so that you know like oh okay and giving yourself grace. If yes. these things are happening, you're human. You're literally yes. human. Yes. 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 I feel like that should be like the slogan of motherhood. Give yourself grace. Yes. <laughs> more and more and more of it. More um, and, more. and now I'm curious, and I'm sure people listening are wondering this too. So we've talked about three, mm-hmm. the three main functions of the brain. Is that how you said it? The main functions of the brain. Yep. So I'm curious what the other two are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was wondering if you had asked. I have to know. <laughs> Yes. So the fourth one is judging. Mm, You can think of judging as evaluating also. So people also beat themselves up because Mm. they judge. Your brain is designed to judge. Mm. And the last one is solving problems. Mm. So your brain is always like, you know, looking to figure things out. Um, yeah. and so that's part of the store creating stories. It's like, okay, well, I've got to solve this and figure out what it's, you know, what it's about, but those stories and that problem solving, it is unfortunately inaccurate more often than we are aware of. I have mm. found like, yeah. 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 Mm. And so when you said, I think was it reflecting the brain does 80 per- say that again, one more time, what you said about that. Yeah. If, if your brain is left to its own devices, it mm. will reflect 80% of the time and you will be present mm. 20% of the time. 
gosh. Okay. And then, so when it comes to these like five main functions of the brain, I'm just kind of like thinking out loud now, like some these things can all be happening at the same time. Or is it like one happening at one, like talk to, I'm just so fascinated by this now. Like I didn't know I have yeah. a like science degree. I learned about the brain in college. Why did I not learn about these things? Psychology. Who knows? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think some of them work together. Like I mentioned, solving problems and creating stories that can go together, you know, judging mm-hmm. any judging or evaluating something can also end up where you're yeah. creating stories like, well, they, you know, they were, 30 minutes late and then you make up a story mm. about why or like that was bad yeah. that they were 30 minutes late and then you make yes. it so they they kind of work together oftentimes mm. yeah that makes so much sense we're like yes. oh it's so interesting because i'm just thinking about the the work we do and the clients we see moms that we work with and seeing how all of these things i'm like oh yeah i see all of those things so often it makes so much sense but you said this earlier i think when you were talking about comparison maybe that we fight so hard to just stop doing it all together like stop comparing stop telling yourself these stories but it's like our body that's our body's programmed so what what i'm hearing is we need to do it in a way that's more supportive for our overall mindset like it's not that we can just never compare again it's how do I do so in a way that actually supports my health, supports my mindset, and how can I bring in the awareness of when I'm doing it in a way that's not supportive? Yes. Yeah. It's it's not an all or nothing thing, mm-hmm. which can be a sign of defensiveness. I dive in. I talk about defenses all the time. We don't have yeah. enough time today, but the, the goal is, like you said, to do it in a supportive way and also just not to accept those things as truth. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because like the, the tea bag example. Exactly. Yeah. It's relaxing your tendency to accept that the things that come in your mind as truth mm. and mm. just notice like, hmm, yeah, that's an interesting story that I made up. Like, hmm, that's an interesting uh, judgment. Like, I wonder, yeah. you know, get, get curious about it. Like, Oh, where does that come from? Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so I know there's probably so many moms soon to be moms listening that are like, I need to learn more from Stephanie. She is just full of knowledge. So tell me where people can find you. Um, I know you mentioned that you have a retreat coming up too. tell me more about that. Um, tell us all the things. <laughs> yes. So I, you, the best place to find me is on Instagram. That's where I hang out most of the time. And my handle is best.self.mama and the retreat. I am so excited about it. The first one that I put out it, well, let me say what it is first. Um, yeah. it is a mixture of inner work. So really you building these skills in yourself, I call it mm. inner work and pampering. So like mm, ma- full body that. massage, getting our hair and makeup yes. done, going out to a fancy restaurant, just oh, no kids, no responsibilities. I can't mm. wait. So excited. It's a, uh, that's a awesome. two night, three day retreat in Cocoa beach, Florida. And, um, yeah. So if, if, um, you're interested in learning more about it, you can just send me a message, direct message on Instagram. And I would love to share more. Uh, 
Awesome. And one last question, the way I love to end all of our episodes, and this is kind of shifting gears, but just with Food Freedom Podcast being this podcast, one thing I love to know about our guest is what a favorite food memory of yours is. Oh, (laughs) favorite food memory. The first thing that popped in my head is ice cream. I just... Uh. Yes. I, I yes. just love ice cream so much. Yes. Um, but a specific one is not coming to mind. Is that weird? Can people no. usually answer this question easily? See, I'm even like uh, judging, like, oh, just going to point it out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I've, in asking this question to all the guests I've interviewed so far, I noticed like the dietitians, because I feel like food always is so like front of mind with us. And I know for me, like one of the reasons I became a dietitian was I was like, well, I like food might be fun to like help people with food. So I feel like I'm always like super aware of like food and memories of food and that sort of thing. But it's funny because not people who aren't dietitians, when I interview them, they don't always have one just right at the tip of their tongue. Okay. Yeah. That makes so no, sense. It's not yeah. abnormal. <laughs> yeah. Um, related to that, maybe mm-hmm. it, maybe it'll be helpful to share. Um, I was reading a, I think a book one time, and it it's for like early pro- postpartum like stories, just to help mm-hmm. you not feel alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she shared like she was talking to her children. She was feeling inadequate about like not doing dinner well enough or whatever. Yeah. And then then she asked her kids one day when they were a little bit older, like what what are your favorite dinners that we have? And their Mm. favorite dinners were not when she went all out and, Mm. you know, did the, the, the big meal and made sure that everything was like perfectly this and that it was like a plate of things. Mm. And and that's what, that's what they called it. And it Uh was just like, okay, veggies, fruit, whatever else, you know, pizza, you know, just like Mm. random things from the week leftovers. Um, and that's what they like the most. So I, I don't Mm. know. I felt like sharing that just another, like, give yourself some grace. Yeah. Yes. Because I think going back to like comparison and pressure that we put on ourselves as moms, I feel like there's this immense pressure of like, I need to just around feeding children in general. I've learned it with like feeding a baby, but you know, am I feeding them the best food? Am I making them these great meals? Where am I getting our groceries from? And it's like, that's not what your kids remember. Like if anything, they probably remember, like, are we sitting around the table and having good conversation? Like, yeah, I I love that you brought that up because I think that's so, so true. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you for taking time um, for this interview. This was, gosh, I know I learned a lot. I'm already like, I can't wait to go back and listen to this. I need to like take notes. <laughs> this is oh, good. Thank you, Dylan. I appreciate you having me and congrats on your baby. I'm so happy for you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining today's episode on the free method podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review that helps others discover this message of freedom. Share this with your friends and make sure you tag us on Instagram at free method nutrition. And if you're ready to start your own journey to freedom, I'd love to offer you a free call to chat with me about your health goals. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule yours. We will see you in the next episode.